Hey, everyone. Welcome to the New Media Show. My name is Todd Cochran. Of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenley. A little different setup we have today, Rob. Yeah, it is. We're uh, in the the Riverside platform, and things are uh, things always sound good over here, don't they, Todd? Well, I hope <laughs> you sound good. I hope I sound good. I'm on my very fancy Ars Technica ATR 2100, Ooh, and I'm not in a sound... It. I'm not in a sound condition room today. I'm sitting at a ki- the kitchen table of my house in Hawaii. So uh, I'm here uh, for uh, a week. My son is graduating high school tomorrow. So we get to uh, socially distance and sit in a stadium tomorrow. So 35,000 people stadium wow. with 800 parents. I, I think there's enough room for all of us. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's that's unusual in the in the age of COVID, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but I, I I will say this: anyone that's looking to come to Hawaii, they made the process much better since I was here in December. Oh, good. Um, what as long as you have your ducks in a row before you leave the lower forty-eight. In other words, you you have to fill out a health questionnaire twenty-four hours before you leave. You have to have a COVID test seventy-two hours before wheels in the well, and you have to set up a flight itinerary. What they actually did is when I checked in in Chicago and actually went to the gate, they had a team that looked at my QR code from the state of Hawaii, scanned it, gave me an actual wristband. So when I got off the airplane in Honolulu, I was able to walk straight to baggage claim. The last time I was here, it was chaos because they run us through like uh, like multiple rows of, and it really, it took like an hour and a half. It was insane. So they they much improved the process. So anyone that's thinking about coming to Hawaii, it's lots of business, lots of, the airplane was full from one end to the other. So for nine and a half hours. (laughs) Yeah. I flew to Los Angeles for the Ambies last Friday. So it's, uh, and the airplane was, it was probably half full. So so that's not so bad, but yeah, Yeah. it was, it was, uh, you know, elbow to elbow. But, you know, supposedly we've all had our COVID tests, so there shouldn't have been anybody, you know, the risk was supposed to be low in that. It's anyway, but anyway, that's what's going on. Come to Hawaii, spend your money, get a vacation. <laughs> Although they are a little more restrictive than they are in most places in the States right now, but or in the lower 48. Hawaii mm. is, it's a mistake. People say, oh, back in the States, well, we are in a state. Yeah. Hawaii is a state. You are a state, right? <laughs> yeah. It just, it's not yeah. the mainland state, right? Right. It's not the yeah. mainland state. So, but, how was, uh, so I saw a couple of pictures from the Ambies and it was kind of interesting. Uh, it didn't look like it was like a little 20 by 20 room or something like that <laughs> with some people sitting on the periphery. Is that what it, is that basically what it was? Yeah. I'd say that the room was probably 30 feet by 30 feet, but it, yeah, it was, it was a fairly small small um, stage where we did it. Um, it had a lot of you know had a lot of cameras positioned around it so they could get all sorts of different angles on on, on stuff. But it had you know um, no green screen. They they were all uh, light a- activated um, screen walls around there. So so what you saw was you know r- real life if you consider you know a a screen, you know, sure. a, um, like an LED kind of a screen presentation is, is real. Um, but, um, yeah, it was a terrific production. The, uh, Dan Franks and Jared Easley were there. They were the producers 
that actually produced the ceremony. Um, and those are the two folks behind Podcast Movement, if you didn't know. Um, so they were the ones that pulled it all together and worked with a kind of a that local studio in Los Angeles to to staff it and put it all together. They, I, I I put up a lot of pictures that kind of kind of showed the back end production. Um, there was about you know probably fifteen people that was working on the production side. Many many laptops that were bringing in. Um, you know, people, nominees that were, you know, pulled in via live video for each of the, each of the categories. And so that was actually, um, went pretty smooth without much of a hitch. So the whole, whole production really worked out really, really well. So did the, some, so the, the winners didn't know they actually won until they announced it. So they had to have all the nominees on different computers to bring them in. That was how they did that. Yeah, that's, that's how I do it. I mean, a, a couple of things were pre-recorded, but uh, most of them were, were live. So, oh. and, and we lucked out so, some of the video images coming from the, the, the callers in, into the system that weren't as great as I, I think we would all like, uh, but uh-huh. that's not unusual in, and trying to work in these virtual environments, but uh, but I think as far as everybody showing up and everybody doing what they said they were going to do, it actually worked out great. So you know, kudos to Dan and Jared and the the team for making a complex per, complex production seem easy. <laughs> and just to think, I pull off the podcast award ceremony with a team of one. Right, right, exactly. So you've got that. <laughs> That, uh, that, that, that going, that's also, you know, kudos to you for even, <laughs> even putting a production together that features a lot of people like that. So, you but know, I was, really- yeah, I got a chance to present one of the awards. So I was actually in the, in the video too. So if you wanted to go watch it, so th- there was a pre-show that was about a half hour and then there was the main show, which was about, uh, 70 minutes or so, 75 minutes. So it had all of the awards given out. Plus a, a a fun little animated theme uh, skit uh, kind of lead in that it was fairly entertaining. Got a lot of comments about that. Uh, there was a whole song that was written and a- animation that was created. That was it was like two two or three minutes long. So it was well done. I thought. Well, nice. You know, uh, here's the feedback I've gotten so far, and it's okay. probably been. 10 yeah. emails, not that much. Mm-hmm. Where, where are the indies? Where yeah, the no, indies? I, it's, it, it's, <laughs> a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair comment and it's always on, it's always on my mind. That's for sure. And I know it's on the mind of a lot of the, the board members, um, it, on but an ongoing the, but the basis. Account, but the, right. the voting was done by the members. So Correct. that, Correct. you know, that's the thing here that is the disclaimer there. Is right. and you know the question I replied back to the ones well, it's that also who who submitted um, to be a part of it too. I mean, right. I, think, I think we only had like eleven hundred submissions, so um, it, it wasn't as big of a pool of eleven hundred to two hundred fifty bucks a pop. Ooh. No, yeah. one hundred seventy five. So one seventy five. Yeah, Still. for for non-members, and it, I I believe it was one hundred and twenty-five for members. 
I'm definitely not charging enough for. Uh, well, I, mean, I think <laughs> I think you could make a case. To, so, how many submissions did you have for for, for your awards? Uh, Just curious. It's never that many. Oh, it okay. might be might be a thousand. Okay, so it was comparable on that side. Yeah. Um, I would have liked to have seen, you know, probably at least four or 5,000, but, um, part of it is, is people don't know, you know, well, that, my, and probably it's too expensive too. So you have that yeah. going on as, as well. So if you were to get the cost down of it, um, you know, you might get a lot more submissions from Indies too. Here's so. the crazy part is the, when we start actually voting, mm-hmm. I get, 25% of my registrations within the first seven days of us starting voting where they could have registered since January. <laughs> so right. it's like, Oh, it's all awareness, right? Yeah. It's all awareness and trying to get the word out. And, uh, that can be, um, that can be a challenge, you know? Yeah. You get mentioned in a newsletter or two and you post in some Facebook groups, but you know, then I get yelled at later. How come we didn't know about this? So, you know, we basically put on the website, a um, for now, for people can actually sign up. This is something new this year. We put a thing on the website, you know, get updates. Somebody give me your email address and we send them updates on what, you know, the timeline registration. So that list has grown exponentially mm-hmm. over the past really six months. And we hopefully we'll be able to reduce the surprise factor when, you know, when it is time to, and then we'll do a, another app. We'll do a mass emailing to everyone that registered in the last two years, maybe three years, mm-hmm. um, several weeks before the nominations open. And that always seems to kind of kickstart some of the applications as well. So it's really about building that contact list of podcasters. But, you know, that doesn't help those that never even knew to begin with. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it, you know, and it takes, you know, for a first year event, I think, uh, you guys did great. I think it was great. It got, got a lot of coverage in the media, um, you know, for being a stream, you know, a stream only event, Mm -hmm. it got multiple articles in, the the Hollywood reporter and variety and, and other, other publications. So, and then your streaming numbers were pretty high. The highest I've ever had. Would yeah. be like twenty twenty five thousand. That would be the highest I've ever seen on our thing that we do. So, but you know, you guys had a yeah, higher th- production level, and kind of to be expected, right. yeah. Yeah, I think we had uh, total views so far. I think it was just just on Twitch, which is the only place that we've been able to get good numbers. Uh, was somewhere between six hundred and seven hundred thousand. So that's impressive. Yeah, I'm not sure, you know, where we are right now. That that was a couple of days ago, but um, mm. but yeah, it's it's and then there's like you said, Todd, many months ago about uh, about awards. There's there, there's big billboards off of Sunset Boulevard, um, with uh, you know in down in L.A. You know, with some of the winning shows. So there's you know the same type of thing that happens with the big big movies. So there was actually um, billboards that said production. vote for this show from the Ambies. Is that what it's? No, 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 no. It was uh, basically congratulating the show oh, that won wow. the podcast of the year. Right. Wow. So 
a billboard. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was a big, big, big billboard. I can send you a picture of it, but uh, it's right off a of Sunset Strip in uh, Los Angeles on a huge, huge billboard. It was actually run by, of course, Amazon because it was a Wondery show. So, well, they have uh, a budget; they can afford the billboard. Exactly. So, but that's you know, it's I, I, I guess at the end of the day, it's depending on how you look at things, right? Um, that is going to drive visibility for podcasting, right? Um, mm-hmm. To have a big billboard like that promoting a terrific show. It was actually the show that won Podcast of the Year was uh, a show done by by Wondery, and it was um, um, Dying for Sex was the the top top podcast. And that that's the one that was featured on this billboard. Hmm. So, yeah, it's quite a... But, you know, so you start thinking about podcasting, getting that level of exposure and that level of promotion and things like that. You know, it's it's interesting, you know, is the Ambies going to make it on broadcast television next year or something? You know, that would be somewhat the ambition, I think, that that could happen, I suppose, with the quality of the production that I think um, happened with the Ambies that I think had fewer glitches in it than the the Golden Globes or the... <laughs> or the Oscars. So, um, yeah. So we shall see, you know, I think it was one that didn't get any criticism, um, that I saw from any aspect of the, of the show or, or the production. So, which, uh, is something to be said compared to what we saw happen with some of these other big awards, but the other big, big, big awards certainly have a lot more visibility. So there's more opportunity for people to provide criticism too. <laughs> right, right. So, but anyway, so that's good. So the the next challenge for the Academy is, you know, next year. So we're already talking about that, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> well, the best time to talk about it is right after it. So you yeah, have your lessons learned yeah. and everything. Yep. Yep. But I do think that the academy has other other important issues too, and that's to to build build you know and grow value to the the podcast community and and be more re- relevant to more people in the podcast community and be more helpful and add add value, and that will keep the the academy strong and going forward and able to build it you know continue to to do events like this at, at maybe higher, higher scale too. Um, so, and then I would, I would love to see the, the uh, awards that you do somehow, you know, get elevated as well. So I think that the people's choice concept, I think of what you do is, is needed as well. So that's, that's like, you know, so you have the industry awards and then you have the listeners awards, right? I think that covers the, the spectrum of what the opportunity needs to be. And certainly you've, you've provided that leadership for many years now. And, um, yeah, I, I would love to see both of them, um, grow and be successful. I've only had, uh, one complaint this year so far on social anyway, for the cost of registration. Oh, so really? They, Was it yeah, too high? It. Yeah. Well, the person says, I'm never paying to register for an awards. And, um, <laughs> And I think, you know, the thing that we tried to make obvious was that the registration has absolutely no effect, absolutely on, zero effect right. on whether or not a show makes a slate or if a show right. wins. It's a zero effect, zero, zero net gain. 
if, if I could get away with not charging for a registration, the process would be exactly the same minus the registration. Right. So, um, it's all about having funds and resources to be able to do these things. And I think right. that's that's important for people to think about when they think about doing these things. Is that in, and you've been a classic example of it, is that things like this don't happen in a vacuum. You, you, you have to bring resources to the table to yeah. make them happen, and that takes fundraising. And, I mean, if you can get sponsorship to support it, that's fantastic. And we would definitely love to make uh, applications free if we could get – enough sponsorship to, yeah. to pay for everything. And I'm sure that would be your comment too. Yeah. You know, and I have, well, kind of frankly, I became discouraged in reaching out for corporate sponsorship because, you know, right. everyone always wanted something in addition to what we were offering as part of the package. And, you know, I don't entertain those comments, but it's, it's not always the, it's always not best for the podcaster. So it, it is an interesting thing to think of, but you know, we'll, we're still open to taking it. Cause you know, it's not like we wouldn't turn away dollars because we take every dollar we earn from that and put it right back in the website. You still there, Rob? I see Rob is, uh, on my side, his indicator is spinning. So I don't know if we've lost, Rob or not, if that's if we have this is the first time that I've potentially lost Rob on this particular platform. Are you back? Uh, you had a little pause there, Rob. The system was froze for a minute. Yeah, we lost our 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 connection, but I just stayed um, connected and just waiting for you. So if we need to edit okay. this this part out. It's no big deal. I, I talked through it while it was basically spinning, waiting for you to, if you were talking <laughs> at the same time, we both may no, be overlapped. No, I wasn't. Yeah, I actually okay. stopped stopped when your, your video your screen dropped. Froze. Did my screen freeze on your side? It completely disappeared. So. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm on a one gig connection here, so I think I'm good. <laughs> it's not like yeah. being anywhere else. Who knows? All right. Could be um, me. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? One of the two connections were hokey pokey. Let's talk about what else we got to talk about today. We're going to have a little bit of an abbreviated show today, folks, just because of the time. Rob and I are doing this a little different time than normal, but what's and a different day, too. So, right. what uh, what's in your list of uh, wants? Oh, as far as what to talk about? Yeah. Or- we didn't do an, an official agenda today, but we did talk a little bit before we started the show on some things we wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, I think that the big uh, Canada uh, had uh, their own um, s- survey come out from, I think it's a share of ear. Is that what it was? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe I, did, I, I need to find it here in my, in my notes. Oh, yeah. Here it is. It's the Infinite Dial, uh, 2021 in Canada, and that 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 came out here over the last few days. I know that there's a lot of news that comes out. Um, I mean, that's what would be nice about doing the show back doing it twice a week because it helps us keep up to date with all of the all the news. Yeah. But um, but it does appear like uh, 
podcasting is continuing to accelerate and grow in Canada, and and it looks like the the familiarity with podcasting up in Canada grew uh, about four percent. So it it went from seventy four percent of the Canadian population to seventy eight percent. So we're getting close to. 80% of the Canadian population is at least familiar with podcasting. We did talk uh, a little bit about this last week, Rob, with the, with the basically results of them showing that they're, they didn't have a, a strong growth in one particular category because of the pandemic and people not being in right. cars too. So, Right. Well, and they compared it, the familiarity um, between the U.S., Australia and Canada, and it looks like Australia is like 91% of the population in Australia is familiar with podcasting, um, where, where the U.S. it's 77%. Right, time Canada's, to be a podcaster in Australia. Yeah, and, and in Canada it's 78 so it's 1% higher even in Canada compared to the U.S. And this just you know, is an example of what I've been feeling for a couple of years now that podcasting is actually growing faster outside of the U.S. than it is in the U.S. So, um, and I'm not 100% sure why that is. It just could be because it's it's a little bit more of a monoculture around media outside of the U.S. than it is in the U.S. The U.S. is much more, I think, diverse in the indie community and and it's various sources of podcasting is, is a lot different. It's been around longer, so it's a more mature market here. Um, but outside of the U.S., it's, it's just, you know, it's in its high growth cycle right now. And it says podcast listening from 2020 to 2021 grew 7%, uh, which is the, the biggest jump uh, in listening in Canada, um, you know, as far back as 2018 where it just grew a couple points or one point a year. So that was a huge jump, um, going up 7%. And then, uh, monthly podcast listening, um, just went up uh, 1% from 2020 to 2021. So that wasn't as big of a jump. Um, let's, I'll, I'll look at the, the gender. It says here, looks like, the majority of people listening to podcasts in Canada are women. 53% um, are listeners to podcasts were men. It's 47%. So I w- well, I, I'm not surprised. I would expect that number to start trending that way in the United States, too. Yeah. I don't know if, if, if the – okay, so the Canadian population is 52% female. And forty eight percent male. So wow. just just generally, the the overall population of Canada is a, is quite a bit heavier on on the female side. So that would account for it. So those percentages are almost almost identical um, to who's listening to podcasts. So we have mm. definitely uh, matched the demographics of the population. Um, and then I know uh, that's the, definitely not the case. Well, the, well, here in Hawaii, it's that's a, a very familiar number too, because in Hawaii, it's, the population is kind of unique. There's definitely no; it's the opposite. There's more guys than ladies here in this state. So, oh, no kidding. Yeah, it's kind of outside of the the norms. Again, this goes years back. I heard this is a you know probably read in some newspaper article. So don't quote me on the exact number because I can't give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I think it's fascinating because I think it's it's almost I, I, I think women are the largest percentage even in the US too. I think, I think so by too. a couple of points. Yeah. yeah. So and, there's a couple said, of genetic reasons for that too. <laughs> well, women live longer <laughs> would well. be one reason. Yeah. And some um, other biological stuff too that uh, they're stronger swimmers. Let's just put it that way. They're stronger swimmers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they do the backstroke very well. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> so anyway, any any other outtakes from the Canadian thing? Uh, it's the age of monthly podcast listeners. Uh, says here looks like the the general population is the largest chunk of people in Canada are age 55 plus 39%. Wow. Um, wow. A podcast listeners 55 plus uh 29%. So it's it it's still 10% less on the listening side compared to the overall population um for 55 plus but the largest chunk of listeners in Canada is uh, the 18 to 34 demo at 38%. I would have liked to have seen that 18 to 24 to see what Me that too. number lo- looks Eight, like. Right. 18 to 24, 24 to 34, and yeah, 34 that's a to better, 55. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a better breakdown. And then, yeah. uh, th- and then it says here 33% are aged 35 to 54. So, mm. so you see, you know, you know, Two thirds of all the listeners in Canada are over the age of thirty-five. So, yeah, yeah that's the key takeaway. Well, um, not to switch gears too far here, but yeah, let's there's go ahead. been a lot, lots of discussion that Apple's still having trouble. Uh, there's still outliers of shows that are yeah. disappearing and show up, and I don't know yeah. what's going on. Why is this taking so long? Yeah, I've I've heard though that it's gotten dramatically better though. So there's fewer issues across the board, but boy, um, that was a major major problem for a while. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't, you know, and you know, I I know the Apple team listens. You know, someone's got to talk. You know, yeah, say yeah. something. You know about what's going on. Yeah. Um, you know, at least put an update out. Uh, but just silence from your guys' end is, and I understand Apple doesn't talk about too much. So as a matter right. of policy, but yeah, I had to, I did chuckle though, because, and this is not Apple related, it's Google related, but Google reader, <laughs> remember that? So yeah. Go- oh, yeah. Google Chrome is testing a uh, follow button in the browser. So what's going to follow if you have an RSS feed on your website? So Chrome is building open RSS web. They're basically taking the open RSS web standard and they're going to make a new tab in your browser that basically is of those sites you follow and you can see a news feed. I, I'm thrilled. Really? I'm really, really thrilled. So, so a little back to the future here, huh? Is that what that yeah, is? Yeah, so... I find it interesting that uh, James in his article says, no word on whether it works with podcasts, but if you're using PowerPress or similar, this could be a game changer. Well, we've already known that, you know, so, you know, it, this is, this is a beautiful thing. 
once again, having your RSS feed on your.com. Yeah, I like it. I like it very much. Yeah. But yeah. we'll see if it picks, you know, that's, that is a test. We'll have to find out once this browser, I think the browser is in beta, is that you'll be able to test and we'll be able to see if it picks up those uh, podcast RSS feeds or if it picks up the blog feed instead. So. That'd be interesting, tell. right? Yeah. Right. Well, if it if it's looking for only only specific types of content, if it's only looking for written content, then yeah, yeah. I can't imagine. I would imagine that there'll be it should pick up because you know all, for those that are not super technical, um, podcast feed is exactly the same as a blog feed. The only difference right. is there's an enclosure tag, right? That's and if you know there's a few other things that we put in there as well, but that's generally the the extent of the deltas. So, yeah. Yeah. So and the, but, and the enclosure tag is part of the normal spec. So I would think that they would, even if they don't pick up the iTunes tag, they'll stick up, they'll still pick up the enclosure spec. Right. But they could, could block that because they could, maybe, maybe they don't want to recognize the enclosure tag. So yeah, we'll, we'll that, find out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I guess we had a, an acquisition that, that that happened, I guess Castro's uh, Castro's is that the right Bot- yeah yeah bought Podient 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 or Podient yeah yeah so I, I move guess, up. I'll just say I move of the shows I move <laughs> but we move the most shows off Podient of any platform oh yeah and, yeah they are I. They are the, we migrate a lot of shows from Podiant, a lot, <laughs> as compared think, to everyone else. I think I saw, um, there was a, I thought that this was really I- interesting. I'm not sure that others realize how significant this is, but there is a um, podcast hosting platform in Germany that um, that got added to the the IAB podcast metrics mm-hmm. standard. I'm, I'm trying to find, oh yeah, it's, um, yeah. It's, I don't think they're the first company outside of the United States. No, but what's interesting about this is that Jewel, it, it's called Jewel P. Jewel mm-hmm. P, I'm probably not pronouncing it. It's J-U-L-E-P hosting is now IAB certified. It's the first podcast hosting company from Germany to achieve certification. What's interesting about this is that I've talked to a few people um, in in France and a few other countries in Europe, and I think maybe we've talked about it on this show where there was groups in those countries that had that had their own certification processes for radio and and TV stuff um, all around metrics, and that. Many of the podcast hosting platforms were were adopting their own, uh, you know, not necessarily certifications, but their own standards, right? Right, and they weren't going to embrace IAB standards. Um, so I thought this was an interesting little twist on that. That um, a a hosting company outside of the U.S. besides <coughs> Australia, which is has a couple of companies that have jumped into it. Um, get IEB certified. So hopefully we will see this as a as a trend because I think my biggest worry, and Todd, you probably had this worry too, that you know, on a global perspective, that we have multiple podcast metric standards. 
Well, um, I do know what's interesting yeah. too is we were told that we were the first ones going through. Well, may, maybe they didn't going through the two point one review, but apparently, according to the press release I saw or the announcement, they did get a two point one certification. Matter of fact, uh, my team is meeting with the auditors, I, literally as we speak during the show. They're they're doing re, uh, going through our system. And, uh, so that kind of came as a surprise to me because I, we were under the impression we were the first in the bucket to get 2.1, but this doesn't matter really. It's no big deal. It's just, uh, you know, everyone's ultimately going to have to get through it. I think there was a few companies that were, are now surprised that there is a recertification going on for 2.1, but you know, we had talked about that and because there's really minor changes from a certification standpoint from 2.0 to 2.1, but the, the, we've got a couple other things that we're trying to get done during this research that we didn't get done on the first cert. And I think that, uh, for us, we're killing two birds with one stone. But our understanding was is that we would have to go through this every two years. And we were at our two-year mark. So it didn't come as a so – actually, a little over two years. So it didn't come as a right. surprise to us to get right. the request to research. But I think a few other companies were very surprised that they are going to have to pay again for recertification. Well, I think that – uh, well, you guys and NPR were the first two certified. Right, so we are the first two, I, yeah. I, I would imagine that th- those are going to be the first two that are up for recertification, though. I, it'll be interesting. So. I mean, yeah. it'll be interesting if they're doing it that way or if if everybody's up for certification at the same time and it's just going to drive the certification people crazy because there's going to be everybody wanting to do it at the same time. <laughs> yeah, and I, I know that uh, I think Rob, you're Rob, Rob yeah. number one. Right. Um, I think you guys have seen the paperwork too for the research, but you guys were in the process pretty close behind us anyway. So um, not surprised. Well, so were you on the IEB call today? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I wasn't on it, um, but, but I know that Rob was, but, um, but yeah, so things are still, still progressing on that. So things are getting, getting better. I, I know that there was some talk about, um, some issues around the uh, the Apple core media mm-hmm. stuff that's going on out there. I don't know if you wanted to comment on that at all. Not but. at this time. I'd <laughs> yeah. leave, that, leave that all <laughs> to other people to discuss. But, you know, I think, um, I think it's when someone challenges or questions, I think it's always good when people, you know, when they want – validation of data or counting and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, I, we were talking about putting out a a monthly report, um, as well, but I said, man, as soon as we drop our report, people are going to be like, we asking even more questions because, um, you know, we show Google podcasts as number two, not Spotify. So, you know, that would, (laughs) That would probably, people would probably raise their eyebrows there, but, you know, unless you know, you know, we've been pushing, you know, subscribe on Android for more than five years now. I don't even, I have to go back and look at when we actually launched that product. You know, we've had a five-year head start on everyone on pushing uh, people to subscribe on Android devices. So, 
time will tell. I do have to bring this up, Rob. Holy crap. Uh, the tax man giveth and the tax man taketh away, huh? Tax man always takes it away, doesn't, don't they? <laughs> oh, yes. I, I read you guys's. I read, I know you can't report on this, so talk about this, but I read your SEC filing. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. Thank goodness I'm not involved in any of that part of the, all, all the controversies that are going on around that part of Lipson right now. So anytime I, there's millions of dollars that are being talked about that, that's an ouch. <laughs> yeah, definitely an ouch. No question about it. So yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, all, all, all sorts of things going on on that side of things. But um, I did notice that the podcast index is up to 3.7 million podcasts. I thought that I was that's interesting where we, number. I don't think it's went. I think it's where it's been for a couple of weeks. It has. Okay. Well, it's it's got to be changing because we're yeah, adding yeah, what a hundred thousand new shows every every month nowadays. Yeah, but so um, I don't think we've crossed over the three point eight, but it could be close. Yeah, and then um, James Scridlin also reported that um, the Apple Podcast crawler is now scanning his RSS feed eighty two times a day. Uh, or stats every 17 minutes? Well, we had a, I I sent a tweet out (laughs) to the Apple team. uh, And I'll just tell the Apple team here, tame your crawler. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, We've had a few incidences where we've seen the Apple crawler hit a single feed 3,000 times in an hour. (laughs) Right. Um, so, you know, we're investigating what's going on there, but I'm like, um, you know, looking to see at feed length, if it's, you know, what's happening, why the crawler's not getting the feed. Um, but yeah, I think every 15 to 30 minutes is overly sufficient. <laughs> but yeah. People are crazy though, Rob. People are, I'm, podcasters are going to be happy to hear that they're hitting their website every 15 minutes to update the the list. Oh yeah, because podcasters are pretty pretty jumpy about you know I published it. Why isn't it showing up? You right. Know, that that, but, that but kind of little stuff. did they understand the ramifications of that long term. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. Because not right. only is Apple pulling that feed, so is Google, so is Spotify, so is everyone else. Right. And how many page? You know how many? You know how much traffic is that that little uh, RSS feed going to get? Yeah. And if you're on a if you're on a dollar a month hosting account, it may not bode you well for very long. <laughs> right. Well, and also there's going to be more listening platforms coming. I mean, there's, right. I mean, if you look at on a global scale, there's, there, there's more players that, you know, you're going to see announced in, in the future that are, that are coming, um, that are just going to grow the, the pool of potential listeners. Mm-hmm. To this whole medium, it's we're not done growing the distribution side of this business yet. So it's um, it's still developing and getting more more sophisticated. And I I think we're probably within I would think probably at least a year or so of saturation on the distribution. Rob, to, Rob, 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 to, Rob. No, no, on the major <laughs> platforms. No, oh, on I the think major on, platforms. Yeah, right, yeah. right. I mean, I think what we'll see next is. More, you know, more podcasts being added to uh, right. li- li- listening platforms that, that that are more, little more 
vertically oriented or mm-hmm. genre based, but that that's what's going to come next after getting all these international um, streaming platforms added to the pool of of dist- distributors, right? Right. So well, time will tell. And uh, but again, Apple, uh, you know, love the the the, the updating, but do we, you know? What, what is, you know, let's build some intelligence into that thing. So, you know, we only produce this show once a week. You only have to hit it, you know, once a day and we're, we're probably good. <laughs> well, and, and it wouldn't be that hard for them. And I'm surprised that they, they are yeah. doing this is to learn from that publishing pattern. Or let us just ping you. Right. We'd all be oh happy yeah. Just- well, that's the old, you know, it's the web web uh, sub thing right yeah so let's, let's just ping you and you know that way you don't have to have 40 servers pull you know pulling 3 million feeds yeah or or trying to track the publishing frequency of, know, a, of us, a given feed right let us so, ping you that that saves on everyone's bandwidth <laughs> yeah so i guess uh it it was announced uh and i'm just kind of checking this out uh, now, but um, I guess Apple and Amazon and Spotify are now supporting lossless audio in podcasting. I thought that was interesting. Oh. It's doing it with music primarily, but it looks like uh, it might be coming to podcasts, which I don't know that that's a good idea, to be quite honest with you. I think that one of the reasons for this is that uh, I think we're starting to get into kind of uh, audio productions that are that are have really high quality with sound depth and nothing uh, has stopped anyone from publishing a high bit rate mp3 right you know or m4a nothing has stopped anyone from doing that at this point right yeah so i i could push this show out at 256 kilobits and matter of fact, maybe I will just to prove a point here, you know, but the, right. the problem there lies in is when someone is trying to listen to this on a less than stellar yeah. internet connection. Well, I think it's free downloading. They're streaming it. Yeah. I think that there's kind of, um, pressures from a couple different perspectives on this. Um, I can see the desire because we, we have such fast internet connections now and we're not getting, metered quite as much at least here in north america but you know you start looking at listeners new listeners coming to this medium like in places like africa and other places around the world the the pressures are actually going the opposite direction on this um trying to get the so what what it may create is a need for people that listen in those countries to get downscaled not upscaled so, you know, and, and, and that's something to, to consider as well. But there's, there's talk of, I guess, uh, podcasts being put out at 256K, ACC, um, and, and I guess that's, that's actually not that high. I mean, I guess if you get up um, much beyond that, I think that there's talk of it getting up even higher than that, um, up to, you know, 3730 is what's being talked about from the Amazon music folks. But if you think about some of the, the um, dramas, the audio dramas that are being contemplated by like 
people like Q-Code and those that are using kind of spatial audio recording techniques, I can kind of see where, you know, those folks are looking for, you know, um, you know, maybe 990 kilobits, um, possibly. Um, but the question, you know, gets back to is most people aren't listening in headphones or um, listening devices that can really accurately represent um, yeah, the, the audio current, at that level. Right. The current uh, earbuds provided by Apple, the AirPods, don't even support lossless yet. So Right. Right, so you're not really going to get any benefit. All, all you're going to do no. is take up a lot of storage on your device, yeah. <laughs> on your getting phone, these yeah. files. Right, so until the the audio listening side upgrades, I don't know that there's a huge market for this um, on the spatial audio area. Like, there's a lot of investment in the binaural recording capability, and that that may be something that maybe needs to be isolated into a, like a premium podcast where people know that they're, they're paying for something that's higher quality and they need to listen to it in better, better listening headphones or whatever. So there's a report out that clubhouse is in decline, significant decline says WARC, whoever that is downloads are down 90% from February, even though it's rolling out on Android globally. Yeah. So, but I still get, 20 announcements a day for different podcast channels. So I think the podcast thing is going hot and heavy over there still. Yeah. I think that the, the, there's still a lot of activity over there. I do know that the, that the Twitter spaces and other platforms are chipping away at it to some degree. Right. So taking, taking people's attention away from it. Um, yeah. I, I've yet to see the, the, uh, fireside chat folks fully launch yet. Um, to get their platform so, out there. but So of late, I've been uh, replying to some newsletter creators, much to their disdain and irritation and calling out inaccuracies or what I conceive to be information that is not quite right in their newsletters. And, uh, well, I tell you, people get, uh, get pretty upset, you know, when, they're, when their information is questioned. And, what's uh, the what's the big thing that's being spread right right now that you're seeing in in some well, of these things just, that it's, is causing you know, that? I don't want to talk to specifics, but I'll just you know I'll give an example. I'll read Nick Quaz or I'll read any of the other newsletters that are out there, and I see something, I'm like, that's not quite right, or right, um, and then make a you know make a reply on that and. But I, what I really see here is um, there's two camps, and it's really become even more divided than now. It's the folks that are new in the space. They're using all kinds of, um, um, well, as an example, um, uh, billing on podcast impressions versus downloads or billing on podcast right. plays versus downloads. And the little yeah. game that's going on right now for well it's just a game they're playing to to talk a language other media buyers know without really i think this is where some of the confusion lays in is people aren't taking the time to explain to me i've not done an ad deal ever using impressions or plays i've always built on downloads 
So yeah. when someone tells me that they haven't ever billed on a download, they've only billed on impressions, that raises my eyebrows in a big way. And uh, so if, if the impression is actually a download, that's fine. But is that being disclosed? And well, that's, they're using terminology that the the right they think that the buyers want to hear that's right, right? Wh- yeah. wh- whether or not it's really accurate is right is not really the question it's it's speaking the lingo that these buyers want to hear so they can get the right. deal yeah so they get the deal right and uh, you know and i i guess rob i've been running a uh, uh a dart tagger at blueberry this whole time and didn't even know it <laughs> i yeah, really? my, my, my redirect system is basically a dart tag. Oh, so. yeah. Well, I suppose it could be seen that way, Todd. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's like, really true, but no, I, it's I, not. I think it's kind of could be seen that way. Right. 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 Wow, Todd, you're at the cutting edge. You didn't even know it. No, no. It's, uh, <laughs> it's just, but. And I think, too, is what is going on out there as well is you and I have got, you know, if you look at Libsyn's offering and look at Blueberry's offering or any of the other ones out there, you know, we've got a pretty wide suite of, of services that we make available. And then people are like, I didn't know you did that. You know, there, yeah. was, some, there was someone that didn't even know that Blueberry provided free stats for podcasters. And I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I got a hundred thousand shows that use, you know, our system. So yeah, we have a few people that use our system for stats. Um, another conversation that came up was the, you know, we've talked about it on this show before when we've been called in to do audits and it's been a while since we've had to do one of those. Um, but audits or providing media buyers, a, the ability to have, uh, you know, provide their own redirect for ad deals. And, you know, I get astonishment from people when I tell them, of course, I can't say which companies because that there would be, you know, a lawsuit dropped in my lap in about 15 seconds yeah. or, you know, non for disclosure of, you know, what was covered in an NDA. But, yeah. you know, people are astonished when I tell them, yep, we've, we've done some audits and it's not always a happy discussion. Uh, thank goodness IB certifications come through. That's that's quelled a great deal of it, but it isn't stopping the the media buyers from still wanting to have their own insights into campaigns and running their own redirects. Right. Um, that's been licensed through us. So I oftentimes I get you know, and you guys have your own host of services and stuff you use, and I think a lot of times people don't realize the depth of the stuff that we do. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Well, that's our job to let people know. So I guess uh, the digital Hollywood folks were doing some online stuff. Uh, I guess eighteenth uh, through the twentieth. So with some podcasting, they had Steve Steve Wilson, who was recently on the show on a on a panel. And I guess the they're saying. There's a word saying in the industry that that's the first time that um, a person that worked on Apple podcasting has ever been in a podcast conference session. <laughs> I, probably that's the truth. <laughs> right. So Steve is breaking breaking new ground out there. So, right. But, 
but he also gets on there and doesn't talk about Apple. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, he's probably I, I would ex, I would have suspected his outgoing. I'm sure when you leave as an employee of Apple, you probably have to sign your life away on what you can and cannot talk about for the next right, you know, ten right. years or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. So he's he's making news out there with his efforts to. Um, be a be a speaker on the stage so it's good to see him out there though I, yeah it is, it is i appreciate good. it yeah all right but uh what else is going on todd so there's a new report that anchor has some more pirate podcast really uh yeah it's, that's a big uh, surprise yeah that's a big surprise uh jack warren says that message message herds um is one of those copying available with a random piece of generic art on anchor, then syndicated Apple and Spotify. Curiously, they say the anchor pirate has edited the audio to remove any mention of message heard. So I'm not familiar with message heard at all. Hmm. Message heard finding Natasha. I guess that's the name of the show. Um, Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, Oh, it's the actual show is called Finding Natasha, a podcast from Message Heard. Uh-huh. So, so again, it's, you know, that lock yeah. tag, people need to start implementing that across the board so that uh, when a podcast host sees the lock tag, they don't, they don't add it to their system. Right, right. But then again, you can always create a new show without any you know, we just create a new show and just upload the episodes too. So you don't just have to import a feed. You can start a brand new show. And right. Publish those episodes as your own. That can't be stopped anywhere, really. Yeah. You thought I was glancing at the, the infinite dial up in Canada that the study and I was looking at a slide that popped up here and I saw something that is a, maybe a little bit of a reflection of the, times that, that we're in to some degree, but uh, up in Canada, the percentage of people that are listening to podcasts on a computer or a laptop made a huge jump up. It jumped up almost 10% um, higher than it had in 2020, I guess, at least in, this, sense. in the research. So what that tells me is that more people are at home in their offices working on their computers, right? Right. Right. Um, not as many people are out and about on their phones l- listening to podcasts. So the phone phone consumption of podcasting, and I don't know if this has is, is happened in the U.S. because I haven't seen research on this that that compares it, but uh, it it says it's still the dominant thing. Sixty five percent of podcast consumption up in Canada is on a mobile or a smartphone device, 35% is on a computer or laptop, which is up. So the big question would be is, then, are they listening in a browser or are they listening on Pandora or Spotify on the web? You know, if a browser listening can come from multi, multiple right, areas. It can come from so. lots of, I mean, I mean, if you can pull it up on your, I mean, come from Google too, right? All right. So yeah, I think even Apple as well. Yeah. So, so. Li- li- listening is growing back on the desktop again. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's very short-lived. Uh, and the ca- Canadians have been locked down more than anybody, or maybe the Australians almost equally. 
Uh, I've seen some pretty horrific videos of people getting arrested, just walking their dog in the street in Canada. So I think they've had it worse than Australians. So it's not surprising that the number of people listening to podcasts have increased on a, in the browser. And I guess 30% of podcast listeners in Canada, this is the highest percentage um, have been listening to a podcast for one year or less. Hmm. Or I'm gonna say one year to less than three years. So, um, so that so there there's a lot of new people coming well, in. We jumped the shark here, so it's good. Yeah, and then podcast listening locations up in Canada, eighty three percent is showing at home. It's where people are listening. Thirty six percent in the car. Thirty five percent while walking or on foot, and twenty four percent at work. So, so that, that tells you a a lot of things. I mean, I would think that the at work part would, I don't know how that's different than at home, but it's kind of an interesting parallel on that. Well, Rob, we're just about an hour here. Um, I've got to run out of stuff. Have you got anything else that you found? No, I think that's probably, we can probably call it a, call it a, a week. And and I think are we going to be back uh, next We next can Wednesday? do a show on Wednesday uh, All right. because I don't fly out until Wednesday night. Okay. If we're going to do it, we'll do it here. But I think we have a guest, right? Isn't Dan Franks joining us? Yes, yes. So uh, we'll have him here with us on Riverside, and then uh, there'll be no live edition of the show next week either because I don't get back to Hawaii until Thursday morning. But we'll be able to do okay. the actual show recording from here, no problem. Okay. Well, we just send Dan the, the Dan link. Dan the link. Yep. Right. Bring him in. So, All okay. Right. Well, All right, Todd. at Blueberry.com at Geek News on Twitter. We didn't play any of our jingles today, Rob. I know we didn't. I probably should have. Yeah, so. We should have had those loaded and ready. Well, I think it is kind of kind of loaded and, oh. and, and ready. So, <laughs> so I just didn't push do, the button. Yeah. So how, does, how, uh, how can they reach you, Rob? I can be found on Twitter um, at Rob Greenlee, and that's R O B G R E E N L E E. And I can be reached by email, Rob G at Lipson.com. Those are the best ways to reach out to me and love to hear from you. So send us an email. Yes. And uh, I, we, did get, we did get word some people are sending us stickers. So definitely send us stickers. You'll see our information in the show notes on how to send us a sticker. And if you're not subscribed, oh, or followed already, please do that over at the website at newmediashow.com. But uh, appreciate y'all tuning in here, thinking. And uh, Rob, if you do you know which button to mash to take us out of here? Uh, actually, not. But I can I, I can just randomly select one on my pad. <laughs> okay. So well, I'll, and hopefully I'll, I'll it's a good option. one. I'll here, leave let's... the option to, to edit it out. But anyway, we'll, Tom we'll Webster had a great. No, it's not that one. There. There we go. Dan Franks. Talking about <laughs> Mr. Danny Boy. Well, he's up next, next week. Franks. Next week. Next week. So, uh, Dan this is, this yeah, is basically a promo for, for Dan to join us next week to talk about podcast movement in Nashville. Looking forward to it. Actually, I spent uh, part, of, part of the weekend, this past weekend, with uh, Danny Boy. So it's good. All right. All right, buddy. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening and uh, send us your comments. Everyone take care. Bye-bye. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye. Okay. Don't.